Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man. So let's get into it with the recap. John Walker appears on Good Morning America as Captain America, revealing his desire to live up to Steve Rogers' mantle. Meanwhile, Sam and Bucky struggle to work together as Bucky expresses his disapproval in Sam's decision to surrender the shield. They travel to Munich and find the Flag Smashers smuggling medicine. Sam identifies a possible hostage who is revealed to be the group's leader, Carly Morgenthau. The Flag Smashers, enhanced with super soldier serum, quickly overpower Sam and Bucky until Walker and his partner Lamar Hoskins come to their aid, though the Flag Smashers eventually escape. Walker requests that Sam and Bucky join him in aiding the Global Repatriation Council to quash the ongoing violent post-blip revolutions, but they refuse. Traveling to Baltimore, Bucky introduces Sam to Isaiah Bradley, a veteran super soldier who fought the Winter Soldier during the Korean War. Isaiah refuses to help them uncover information about the super soldier serum as he was imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government in Hydra for 30 years. Bucky is arrested for missing a therapy appointment, but is released on bail after Walker intervenes. He asks Bucky and Sam to work with him, but they once again refuse. Disgruntled, Walker warns the duo to stay out of his way. The Flag Smashers escape by airplane, while one member buys them time, fighting the Power Broker's minions. Wilson suggests that they visit the imprisoned Helmut Zemo in Berlin to gather information on the Flag Smashers. You left out uh, the 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 racist cop part of that arrest <laughs> that started as is that is that is that is that black man bothering you, Bucky? Like we 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 need to know because you're a white boy and you're everything's fine, but like there's a problem there, right? There's a problem. That, no, there's no problem, officer. People, there's a lot of people who are saying like this this show's not about race because a lot of people are are showing that uh, Marvel is doing something that to show that they get it, that they get this a racial discrimination problem. And a lot of people, no, it's not about that. It's not about that. Like it, it's, it is about that. And it's, it's there. And Marvel is showing you that it's there. If you, people who are blind to it or are just blind to this as they're blind to anything else. Um, and I'm actually really impressed that Marvel is stepping up and, and saying things like this. And just those, that, that interaction with the cops right in the beginning was just fucking perfect. And even just the way that, once they decided that they were taking Bucky in, they were so polite to Bucky and they kind of apologized to him. They were so nice. Like I was waiting for them to buy him some food. Like you want to, do you want to drive and get something on the way? Like, like, what do you need? Whereas if it was, if it was Sam being brought in, like they, he would have been brought in like hog tied and thrown into the back seat with a, probably a full bullets in there. So it's, it's, it, it was, it's amazing how they wrote that scene. And I got to give them a lot of credit for it. Um, and I hope that that scene helps to show the people that, that 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 there is a problem there, even if they're denying it in their own heads, because so many are. Um, in, in that same area, in that same scene, like people are like, it's again, it's not about race. Like people are like, it, it, there's a black Captain America. Oh, oh, it's a big deal for the African Americans. Like no, 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 it it is. And Sam even says it. Not that there was another Captain America before, but but that nobody knew about. But there was a black Captain America, a black super soldier that nobody knew about. Can I just say that it's refreshing to have a theory and then immediately in the next episode it's vindicated? Yeah, I mean, like, there it is. There it is. I know, we didn't have the long, you didn't have the long wait on, on this one. Though there's there's going to be a few, I'm sure there are a few others that will that will wait and see. Which, by the way, in case listeners haven't read the comics, Isaiah Bradley's backstory in the comics is essentially in an effort to recreate the Super Soldier Serum they were experimenting on black people. It was basically the Marvel 
Tuskegee experiments. Which are a real thing. Yeah, which is a real thing. That happened. That definitely happened. Please look it up if you don't know about it. Um, And Isaiah Bradley was the only one of like 300 test subjects that survived. And then like he was basically a secret black Captain America. And then as a thank you for enduring all the experiments and they didn't they didn't want like for it to be shown that a black man had all these powers because they thought it would make America all tense and shit. They arrested him and experimented continuously more on him in order to try to make more and what made it successful. So there's probably a connection between like those experiments and where either the power broker is getting his shit or where like other super soldier serums came up with him even where howard stark came up with his you know he probably benefited from those experiments everyone who had it even banner to a certain extent might have benefited from that those experiments without even knowing it so if they plop that in there as as that's the story we're telling then there's a there's a lot to be unpacked there and a lot on his a lot on his shoulders and i can imagine why his eye is like get the fuck out of here out I do not want to be involved with any of you guys, especially with uh, the fact that Bucky was ex Hydra, but just he doesn't want to be reminded of any of that at all. Uh, yeah. And I, I can't blame him. I'm, I'm fascinated to see where that goes. I really hope that we get some, some Carl Lumby like flashbacks of like young Isaiah Bradley. I would dig that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I I'm sure he's going to come out of retirement to help Sam and Bucky one more time here at the, at some point, all the all the the good quote unquote Captain Americas versus the bad ones, bad super soldiers, so to speak. But speaking of a potential good Captain America, the younger guy that answered the door at Isaiah's place is credited as Eli Bradley, who in the comics is Patriot. Yep, we're getting all of our young Avengers in store here in all these shows. We're get we're building our young Avengers group. Yeah, we really are. Like we we got Wiccan and Speed. We got young Hawkeye. Yeah, we're getting Kate Bishop. Uh, we're possibly getting America Chavez in Multiverse of Madness. We're getting Miss Marvel, which I'm sure might. I mean, like I just imagine all this, uh, they're building up to their own young kid show in the Marvel universe and doing that or something like not even for kids, but just like that. They're doing they're going to do the Young Avengers. Like I just I, if they're not, I feel like they're stupid because this obviously you, you're building up your teams subtly. Oh yeah, and we're also getting uh, we're getting stature Ant Man's daughter in Ant Man three maybe. I thought she was like giant girl or something like that. I think stature is the name she most commonly goes by. Okay, they're building up to to something, and it's going to be like one of those like subtle things until it's not. Listen, I'm here for it. I because they haven't really announced what what the next Avengers project that they're doing is. So if if it's a young Avengers team, I I would be totally here for that. Yeah, they have a lot of developing to do because we have a lot of characters that we have to because all these characters are like are a side character. Like again, yeah, Wicked Speed are just like you had like an episode and a half of development and you're in the background. Okay, Kate Bishop is the only one who is getting kind of a series, and that already has like a spinoff series. And then we have um, and then we have just uh, oh, oh, we also have Ironheart. Yep, and we we do have Ironheart. Riri Williams. It's so crazy how much content we're getting. I love it. We're getting good shit. Um, getting back to this episode, we, we finally got our boys together and the banter couldn't have been better. The, the dialogue between these two, I, I can listen to it for days from from the from the sorcerer wizard conversations to just Bucky not having wanting to do anything to do with the new Captain America and that Battlestar guy. It's like, oh, I'm out. Stop the car. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Get out. 
a question I had. I know Bucky has been pardoned, but why can he just walk on to military bases? He might still have like some degree of clearance. I mean, he's still like an, an Avenger. Kind of. So like, I think everybody who is involved in that kind of has, I mean, they're taking planes everywhere. So I, I assume he's either sneaking onto military bases or he's just given access because he is Bucky Barnes. What he's not, though, is he's not Steve Rogers. He should not be jumping out of airplanes. But he did it. <laughs> he did it in the most epic way possible. Slam on the back. Oh, Bucky Barnes, not so great at jumping out of planes, it turns out. I got that all on tape. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, poor Red Wing, by the way. Yeah, F in the chat for for our buddy Red Wing. That really hurt. I felt so bad like that. Just the, I mean, even the hysterical lines, I've always wanted to do that. But oh, I like Red Wing. Might be good, though, since apparently that's how Walker and Battlestar were tracking them. Well, that's my theory. So I think there'll be a moment, and I think Sam's going to build another one, and this time it won't be hackable because they know that they were hacking. Like somehow they'll get another one, and it won't be hackable. I won't be tracking it, which is which will be good. And notice also that uh, new Captain America's outfit is very reminiscent of of Bucky Barnes comic book. Like that that all it needs is a scarf. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they they lost the scarf. Yeah, well, that was Bucky was like a, a, a was basically Robin in some of the original comic books. He was like a teenager, right? Yeah, originally, originally he was. And Battlestar was originally a Bucky, which is super problematic. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of switching and things going on here, all the way to the to the gender swapping of Flag Smasher himself or herself. Now, I think that the Flag Smasher stole serum and is and is running with it to get away from and getting away from the power broker and wants to have a revolution. And while I'm there, I agree with their their wants, their theories. The my sympathy for them has run dry because they seem. naively selfish is how it comes across to me. I think they're intended to be kind of anti-heroes and we're supposed to kind of sympathize with them. But uh, I don't know. We're going to see where it goes. Yeah, but it's like the the one line that drives me nuts. It was like, oh, you know, we everything was being taken care of. And then those everyone came back. And now they only care about the ones who came back, not the ones who never left. I'm like, yeah, well, they have to you know, compensate a little bit for those people for a little while. They're the equivalent of all lives matter assholes. And I'm just like, no, that's that's you're all just being bratty that someone else needs some help first because they've been gone for five years and need some need some help in order to readjust back to life and you've never left. So you don't have that specific problem. So you're just upset that it's like being an only child. And then you're, you're aware that there's another child on the way and not wanting that kid to take the attention away from your parents. And that's how they come across one world, one world. shut the fuck up. Go, go to your corner, get some shit done. Help some people. Don't, don't create wars. You're not making things easier for anybody. I'm I'm holding out to see exactly which way they end up going. I, I do want to find out more about the Global Repatriation Council, though, because that seems like an interesting entity. I feel like they're the same assholes who tried to nuke New York. Oh, you mean the World Security Council or whatever they were called? I feel like they're an offshoot of that. Like that they're they're people who are basically trying to redo the world in the image that they want it to be in the most efficient way possible that's profitable to them. They're just they're just more bureaucratic assholes who are trying to rein in and control things if they're like that then it's kind of 
kind of makes sense that a group like the Flag Smashers would want to smash them. But that's the point. Like, no matter what, the, the whole world is filled with people and and agencies that are inherently selfish. Even America, now that they're doing all this shit, they're like, no, we want someone to protect America. Even though he's off doing ops in Europe. Yeah, well, that's... I just feel like all the reasons why they were hunting down Bucky and Sam are still selfishly for America because they want that serum. Whether the power broker is American and they're... Like, you know, when the CIA was running drugs themselves you know it's it's like that kind of shit i don't trust anyone in government at the end of the day the only person in government that i trust are in the mcu is fury and a bunch of green aliens we've never seen a single government agent or agency who are actually good i was gonna say agent are we are we forgetting our man phil colson (laughs) agency agency like in the government when we in iron man 2 what did we get we got Gary Shandling, who is Hail Hydra the entire way. And most of S.H.I.E.L.D. were a bunch of assholes and were Hydra anyway. You have the, the Global Security Council, most of them, the Hydra, the lead of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra. All the, the, these American assholes who stole the S.H.I.E.L.D. from, from Sam Smithsonian donation. Bunch of assholes. I don't trust anyone there. And I, the Smash Matches are just responding to bad parenting and becoming crappy teenagers. That's my metaphor there. So Sam and Bucky are dealing with this on a whole different level. I'm interested to see how they develop the power broker. Because in the comics, he has ties to Carl Malice, who was a scientist who gave people powers, who appeared in Jessica Jones season two. And I'm sure they're not going to connect that at all. But I just want to see where they're going with it. Yeah, I mean, they had it on Luke Cage was being experimented on, right? Like that was, that's how some of those defenders did their thing. So I feel like that, was where they were possibly going with it. And even though that those shows have yet to be re-verified as canon, um, that could be a similar similar direction that they were all going in to rationalize all these other people who are randomly getting powers. In the comics, uh, Battlestar and the John Walker version of Captain America get their powers from the power broker. So we might see that happening later on in the show. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. It's all just I'm just curious as well as you is like what their interpretation of the power broker is actually going to be um, and how that's going to work, because I feel like it it has to be a a rogue government agency that are profiting off it. It, It's because it it all started with the government agencies. Unless it's like ex Hydra, where Hydra stole it a long time ago. And when Hydra fell and shield fell, they all went private. X-Hydra would be pretty on brand for what is essentially a Captain America reboot show. Yeah. Or we're going to get some some Roxxon shit finally brought into the mix. Roxxon has never really done anything in the movies. They've kind of done stuff in the shows. But yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I feel like Roxxon is like the next big bad when you're ready to develop that. That's like that's just lying in wait. Like AIM, we've already had a little bit of. But Roxxon is that's that's a. That's a big fucking corporation of pure evil. And we've, we've seen it. They do exist in the MCU. We, we, they've been mentioned. Um, we've seen billboards in the background and shit. But they, 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 maybe they'll go that direction. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's, it's lying in wait if you need like an evil corporation. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm glad that they made John Walker a little more nuanced because I was expecting him to just be a straight up asshole. No, the guy was, was starting out to be like, you know, just as cheese and apple pie kind of dude like you 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 had that moment in the locker room and like the wife's there reassuring him that everything's gonna be okay but she's also saying things like 
you know, let's make sure that he's all right to his best friend, who's going to be his, his, his own wingman, so to speak. And I think that, I think that it shows that he might have had troubles. Like even I think that the way Battlestar talked to him was you can't just punch your way out of problems anymore. You know, like it's not going to be the way it was. I think he does have a history of problems, even though he's managed to make it work and look good on paper. Um, there's obviously anger issues. We saw it at the end and he's definitely a douchebag the way he's talking down to people. Uh, that, that whole line at the end, just like, yeah, I got your, I want, I want Captain America's wingman. Like, fuck you, man. Just fuck you. It's always that last line. Yeah. Minimizing Sam and Bucky as like just cap sidekicks. Not very cool. No, not at all. So like the guy is, comes across as this nice guy, as this, I just work here. I'm just here to serve the American people and be the best I can be. And he means it. He really does. But I think deep inside that there's there's a lot of problematic attitudes and there might be a history there. Obviously, at some point, he's going to snap and become U.S. agent more. But I feel like he's eventually going to want to go to the power broker and get powers of his own. And he's going to lose his mind at some point during it. We might have another... Blonsky situation on our on our hands. Yeah, no, that's entirely possible. I I also kind of see it going that way. But what I will say is that rendition of the Star Spangled Man slapped so hard at the beginning of the episode. The marching band, ugh. The marching band with some funk. It had that extra funk. I mean, like you believe that this could be a thing that we see on TV. This was Good Morning America. This, this which, was- by the way. Good morning, America. Being Marvel canon, that's some that's some corporate synergy right there. Yeah, well, doesn't Disney own Good Morning America? They do. Yeah, so there you go. It's on ABC. Also, that shield save when they were fighting with uh, with Battlestar that is that was really pretty good. Yeah, no, that was good. He's got the moves. Yeah, that and that was also really quick thinking. So I mean, he's not just all punchy punchy. He's he's got some he's got some strategy to him. No, but I love the fact that they were like, oh, you know, we came in just as you guys were getting your asses kicked. I'm like, yeah, didn't you get your asses kicked like three seconds after? Like right there. Like, you didn't win that fight. So don't look down on us for like getting our asses handed to us. They're just arrogant, like soldier boys. I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very military. Yeah, but so is Sam and so is Bucky. They're both career military. It yes, Bucky had a little bit more of a long way around, you know, way um, regarding his you know career. Uh, but they still grow up as as soldiers. But they're not treating them as such. They're treating them like misfits who like they just want to use and exploit. So I'm not not a fan. Obviously, which is the point. Yeah, we're supposed to not be fans. One thing that really kind of bothered me, um, and I know it was intentional and it was so subtle that it's kind of like if you don't really realize the context, you miss it. It's the way um, Walker Cap was like when they were walking and he was like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. And and one of our boys were like, did you ever throw yourself on a grenade? You know, as we remember First Avenger, Steve did. He threw himself on what was a dummy grenade, but he didn't know that. And he jumped on it without anything just in a white t-shirt and pants and just jumped on it told everyone to get back and he was ready for that thing to explode and for him to take the blast and die and that was it so that was the word like and and walker cap is like yeah i did that i have a i have a reinforced helmet it's kind of a thing i do don't worry about it and he says it nonchalantly like he does it all the time 
Like his his helmet is some reinforced gimmick. It's more like a funny anecdote that he talks about at parties and less like a heroic sacrifice thing. Yeah, and it's like a bonus thing that he has the technology to do that. He doesn't he's not afraid of dying when he's doing that. He's not afraid of getting killed. He's not sacrificing himself when he does it. He's like, oh, if I just put my helmet around it, it'll take the explosion. Done. Steve didn't do that. He did it with the knowledge that he may die, will probably die in this explosion. And this guy's just like, kind of like, oh, whatever. It's just jumping on a grenade. It's no big deal. I have a helmet that takes care of that shit. It's like, that's bullshit, dude. You're not Cap. You're not Cap. Stop trying. You're, you're not. You're nothing like it. You, that, that, is, that is apples and an orangutan. That is, that is nothing compared to what Steve did. So don't even. The fact that he even used it as an example, you just kind of roll your eyes, which I'm sure our boys did. But it was so subtle. And I love it. it he is not Captain America. Hashtag not my cap. Damn straight. So we're, we're going to go to Zemo now and we're going to get his help to take these things down. And Zemo's going to escape and then start to kill everybody. So do you think that Bucky had the therapist remind him of rule number two because he knew he was going to go see Zemo? Actually, I think that that line was not about that. I think that line was he hurt Sam and he feels bad about it because he's I think the note and the sadness that was on his face was like after Sam admitted how he was feeling about the whole thing, I think Bucky knew and, and felt guilty and felt like shit for it. And I think what's what's the rule number two? Don't hurt people. It's like otherwise it would have been don't do anything illegal, don't do anything like this. The joke would have fallen would have fallen more funny. Whereas this was like lamenty. It was a little lamenty. Yeah, don't hurt people. And he knew he hurt Sam. The entire episode I was kind of like, why is this bothering Bucky so badly? But that line uh, maybe he was wrong about you. And if he was like, what if he was wrong about me? Makes perfect sense. No, of course, because that's the, everyone, everyone is trying to live up to the way Steve Rogers made them feel. Um, and I think Sam no longer could, he felt like he couldn't hold on to it. So he just did what he thought was right. And, and did that and gave the shield away to, to a system that he hoped would take care of it. And at least would just preserve the legacy as a symbol. And Bucky, it's like he's trying to, to do better. He's trying to be a good man. He's trying to like not deal with things the way he used to, which was just punching and destroying. But he still doubts. He still has this guilt and this shame upon all the things he did. And I think, I, I mean, the, the, the therapy appointments are, are great because it really does showcase the pain all these characters are going through and all the, the processes. So I think, I think Bucky is very much fucked in the head with, with that. And remembering that Steve Rogers used to believe in him, but Steve's not there to remind him anymore is really tough on him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough on both of them. They, they're both trying to live up to Steve's idea of them and neither of them quite can, like they can't, they're grappling with it. Yeah, well, they just don't know if they can. I mean, they they can. We as the audience believe in them. Like, we the audience are cheering them on. We know that Sam is the perfect Captain America. We know Sam is capable of it. Not just because we know he's going to go that way, and it's a, pretty much a fact that it's going to go that way, or the, you know, the in the comics he becomes it. We know that. They all become it. But they, in their own minds, are still so fresh with all the trauma that there's no way they know it themselves. And Sam has to deal with it extra being a black man. He doesn't want that extra, extra, extra problem. He doesn't want that extra weight on it. Um, 
the dialogue with the <laughs> with the kid. And I was like, oh, it's Black Falcon. You mean just Falcon, right? Like, no, my dad said Black Falcon. Like, are you Black Kid? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, he, just, he doesn't want that. He, he doesn't know if he can do that. All right, new title for the show. Black Falcon and the White Wolf. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? That was, yeah, that was a really good callback. And Sam was just like, what? I love this show. I, I, I can't express it enough. This, it, next week is going to be episode three. And we're barreling down halfway through and it, it breaks my heart already to know that we're halfway through this this very beautiful they're gonna have to really screw things up to fuck with this landing because it's just it's so smooth it's so good and, it, and it's so different from what came before it and also what is gonna come after it yeah yet still fitting so amazingly with civil war and winter soldier vibes it it it's it just mm, it's, oh, i love it i love it most of the things we can say about it is just it's a well-written, uh, great choreographed show. And I'm, I, I'm here for it, continuing to move forward. I, there's not a lot of theories I can throw out other than like maybe the power broker is uh, an American byproduct or maybe hell. Someone even said maybe it's Sam Rockwell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would be so I would so be in for Justin Hammer being a part of this. Yeah, I just want I just want Sam Rockwell to come back and be Justin Hammer again. I don't care what he does or where. If not here, then the Armor Wars TV show. God, him and Rhodey up against each other. That would be fucking awesome. I'd love it. Uh, the, the astonishing thing to me about this show is it was written before the whole Black Lives Matter protest last year. Like it it's only become more relevant since it was like written and shot. Yeah. And it's, I feel like, I mean, you had to really bury your, your head in the sand in order to not realize there were problems. I mean, like I remember posting shit about cops and situations like this for years. I've lost friends over it. Uh, one of my, one of my uh, ex best friends who I grew up with, you know, like brothers in arms kind of friends, he became a cop and I started posting shit about like, all these things that were starting to happen uh, dating back like six years ago. And he's like, no, you, you're disrespecting police officers. Whenever you do that, like you can't do that. I'm like, did it again. <laughs> and I did it again. And I posted again and I posted more. And he, he, he stopped talking to me. He couldn't handle it. This shit's been going on for as long as there've been police. And as long as the training, we just are, we have cameras now and we can see it for ourselves. And I think this show is a, a nice reminder that it's that it's canon in real life. This is real. Yeah, absolutely. In case we haven't made it abundantly clear, Black Lives Matter. Stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. Fucking the world's got to grow the fuck up. It's 2000 fucking 21. Or 2024 if you live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. True. And apparently it's still a problem there. So we've still got a lot to work on. We do. We really fucking do. It's, it's it's sad and but I'm, again a show like this that's seen hopefully by a lot of people they 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 not going to be able to like but that's the problem i've seen a lot of people respond to other individuals commenting positively about the what marvel is doing and then say but it's not about that it's not about race i don't know why you guys keep throwing race into the picture this show has nothing to do with race i mean people who don't want to see it people who refuse to acknowledge that this show, as well as the outside world, is having those problems, they are willfully blind. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if you're not seeing that this show is about race, uh, you're missing the point. 
And it's like, it's not all about that. Obviously, we have we have Bucky, you know, and there are other elements of, of PTSD and trauma and guilt and shame. Um, there's a lot of shit going on in this show that's not just about it, but there is a significant portion where they're making a statement. Just all you have to do is listen. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.